Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today we have a conversation with Brandon Lee. He is the assistant strength conditioning coach at the football team up or down at Texas Tech. Um, Billy and I go back to college where we played college football together at a small D3 school here in Northern Kentucky. Billy is one of the strongest human beings I know, also one of the most passionate that I know. Uh, especially when it comes to strength conditioning, but when it comes to all things health and fitness oriented. Uh, this is probably one of the best conversations that you'll hear when it comes to uh, how to become motivated, how to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, and how to get yourself doing things that you didn't know that you were capable of achieving. Great conversation. Um, a few points to remember. Billy forgot his headphones, so he's speaking straight to computer speakers. So if it cuts in and out, that's why it's kind of weird to listen to. Also, he has really big hands and every once in a while, probably every 10 seconds, he bangs on the table and that kind of shakes the, uh, it kind of shakes the camera a little bit. Nonetheless, that's what's going on with all of that, but just ignore it and enjoy the conversation. Um, here it is with Brandon Lee. But you look good, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. What's that tattoo on your left arm? that different uh, that's new I've, de I've definitely not seen that yeah it's the, it's the skull with roses and then it says ttp yeah yeah it's tough times past tough people last mm -hmm. and then the whole theme of it is like uh life is chaotic but you gotta learn to like slow down and smell the roses oh nice so good stuff man i like that and this is the martin luther king quote you yeah know, if you can't Obviously, I didn't fly in there because obviously I can't fly, but yeah. you can run, walk, crawl, keep moving. And then I like playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Good stuff. So, well, you ready to talk a little bit today? How much time you got? I got all the time in the world. I was just cleaning the garage. Oh, yeah? <laughs> cleaning the garage. Yeah, so Sundays is a. Uh... That's your one day. That is my one day where I can, like, catch up on just being me a little bit. Yeah. I decompress. Like, Saturday, you know, we still go in. Um, it's not really required. But, like, I go in, I box guys. They take guys to the pool. Um, they take guys over to the basketball facility and do the pressure climber. Uh, yesterday, I took the D-line over there to do the hill sprints. So there's always something going on on Saturdays. I usually lift on Saturdays and then maybe get some yard work done. But then Sundays are my day to like, it's like my triathlon. I'll bike today. I'll probably try to go swim. I'll definitely lift. Um, and then I'll do something around the house. Yeah. Uh, I'm always trying to like fill the day up because like our days are so packed anyway. Oh, yeah. And so like I can't just sit here. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, I, it, it is just, it's awful. I, I, it drives me crazy to sit here at like 8 o'clock at night and the sun's still out. I'm like, I gotta be doing something. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I can't just go out and do anything because I gotta wake up at 4 30. Yeah. You know, so I gotta kind of be smart about it, but I try to fill my days up as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So, no doubt. It sounds like you do. How much, how much time is that on Sunday? About three hours that you're out doing stuff like hour of biking hour of swimming oh, um, hour of lifting just kind of whatever yeah. you feel like doing 
Yeah, it's probably about that. I usually try, try to get about a thousand meters in on swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, a thousand meters? Yeah. Well, I guess, well, maybe a thousand yards. I guess it's either way. Yeah, it's a 25 yard pool. So I, I do uh, usually do like warm up with some 25, work the 50s, do a couple of hundreds. And then I've been doing um, this kind of this underwater training with one of our D linemen. So I get a kettlebell and we drop it in the water and we have to move it across the floor. <laughs> the floor. But like we're both underwater. So if he needs to get a, go get a breath, he goes up, I stay down. Right. And then once he comes back down, I go up, I come back down and then we can move it. So, so uh, you have to move it while you're both down there. Yeah. We have to move, but it only one at a time can go up and get air. Yep. Yep. So it's, it, it gets challenging. Like, cause like, it's all about timing. It's all about kind of communication. It's all about kind of feeling the partner out a little bit. Um, and so it's, it's hard to get just a length of the pool. Yeah. 25 yeah. meters. Yeah. Yeah, you start kind of panicking a little bit and like your air's starting to go because you're, you're moving more. You're trying to swim because you're swimming with one arm. Trying to right drag beside, the bell. Yeah, and you're right beside another guy who's like, you're feeling his traction in the water. And so it's it's tough, but um, I enjoy it. I mean, I, I love the water. Um, but I, you know, I, there's no way I can like, you know, I look at that Navy Steel training and if somebody tied me behind my back or my hands behind my back, there's no way. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned. I took a this D lineman. I know this is not part of the interview or whatever. But, go, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I took this D lineman. He didn't know how to swim, mm-hmm. and so like taught him how to swim. He's getting better. He's getting better. And the biggest thing that I learned in water is you got to stay calm. Right, you can't panic, and it's like it's in anything, in any situation, you cannot panic. And so like. He's, he'll go, he'll go, and then he can't get his breath, and he'll start panicking. And well, when you panic, you start Done. you start losing And then even like when I'm doing like a hundred, and I'm like going back and forth, and maybe I'm in the middle, and I'm like, oh my gosh, relax. Like instead of taking my breath every stroke, I just stroke, stroke, stroke. All right, breathe. Like you have to learn to relax in the water. Um, and people panic all the time. And then, like, I kind of told him, like, hey, man, when you get in a tough situation, don't panic. Like, always go fall back. We always talk about always fall back to your training, right? Obviously, we're not Navy SEALs or anything. You know, we're just coach and a football player. But you don't rise to your level of expectations. You fall to the level of your training. Exactly. Mm. So, um, and we try to make, I try to make things hard for these guys, you know, because it's nothing, this has nothing to do with our program far as like the X and O's of the program. I just, hey man, we're gonna go, we're gonna swim, or we're gonna go for a campus run. You know, a 300 pound D lineman going for a campus run. It's different. He doesn't do it, he, hasn't, he doesn't do it all the time. But like being able to push these guys through just those little bit of adversity situations. Like I was, a, I was always a big, I hate running. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For, for me now to run over 20 or 30 minutes is like, it's tough. It's tough, still. Mm-hmm. And um, but like you have to challenge yourself. And I think that's when you know, me being older now. I mean, I'll be thirty-eight in, a, I guess, a couple of weeks or whatever. But dang, um, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dang. Hey, 
I'm gonna be 39 in a month, so. Are you really? That's yeah, wild. yeah, yeah. We we got old real quick from Thomas. Dude, Ford. I'm telling you, I don't know what in the world happened. Like, I don't. I know. I'm, gonna, I'm pretty sure you had gray when we were still in school. I probably did. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. But I guess I need to start swimming, and maybe that'll <laughs> fix everything. Of course, you got blonde hair, so that that yeah. helps. Yeah, but if, I mean, you're in this Texas heat down there. It was a uh, what was it? It was 111 the other day, and it was 180 on the turf. Woo! And like we were melting, and we were doing our team run, and it was called a brand run, and it is it was brutal. What's it called? The brand run. Brand. The brand. So our brand is the toughest, hardest working, most competitive team in the country. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to be able to live that brand every day. And so our big thing is like you know the brand does not care. It does not care if it's 111 degrees. Mm-hmm. It does not care if your girlfriend broke up with you. It does not care. Like you have to show up and you have to be the toughest, hardest working, most competitive dude in that room. And we have to spread that amongst the team, obviously. Brand run. I love that. Yeah. The brand does not care. The brand does not care. Like that's it's kinda of, it's kind of a running joke with all the guys. You know, we could be like, Yeah, we got sleds today and there's a thousand pounds on it. The brand doesn't care. Get it done. <laughs> I love <laughs> yeah. that. Did you come up with that? No, our our, our director did uh, because we wanted to simulate football practice. So, uh, you know, our guys, some of our guys, we, you know, we have the catapult, and I'm not a big science guy when it comes to training, but some of our guys average maybe 3,000 to 7,000 yards in a practice. Well, if you only do – a handful of sprints for conditioning, there's no way you're getting the volume, right? And then our philosophy is like, hey, we need to be strength and conditioning coaches, not strength and speed and this and that and this, like strength and conditioning. Like we are going to outlast you. Like we talk about being in fights, like bring the fight to people, be the first one to punch somebody in the mouth. Right, and we're going to have that fighter mentality, uh, and so we're going to outlast people. Coach, our head coach, you know, he talks about sixty minutes of us. So, like, they're going to get this team that they're playing. We're playing this week is going to get sixty minutes of us, not just one or two quarters, maybe not the fourth quarter. They're going to get first quarter, second quarter. We're going to win halftime. We're going to get the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and we're going to be in the best shape. We're going to keep coming off the ball. We're not going to get tired when tempo comes. We're not going to get tired when a two-minute situation comes. We're not going to get tired when there's an eight or nine-tenth play drive. So that's what we're trying to build in our minds. Like, we can throw anything and everything at these guys, and these guys can't get tired because, one, the brand does not care, and we have to be the toughest, most competitive team in the country. I love that. The brand doesn't care. That I'm going to – I'm stealing that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I love that. Seriously, I love that. So – um, so what do you do, uh, before we like get any further, we're 15 minutes into this conversation already, yeah. which is, uh, which is awesome that, that, yeah. that all that alone, the brand, I'm seriously, <laughs> I'm stealing that. Uh, what do you do? I am a the assistant director at Texas tech for, uh, football. So strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning coach for football down here looking at Texas. 
So I've been doing that for, I'm trying to think, like maybe 15 years now. Uh, hey, I, you know what I remember? Oh, yeah, the Tennessee conference. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I remember that vividly. Like, oh, yeah. I remember right. that conference vividly. Like, and that's what that's what amazes me about where you are. Like, fifteen years seems like a long time, but in the scheme of things, like fifteen years is not a long time to get uh-huh. where you are, because you basically just decided at that conference. Like, I think you had it in your head beforehand. I think maybe you were doing some stuff at the high school beforehand, yeah. but like, you went to the conference, and at that conference, just it's like at least from what I felt from you, like a switch just like flipped. And from then on, it's like you just drove to where you are today. Yeah. I, um, yeah, the conference, Ron McKeefrey, I still remember Ron McKeefrey was the head strength coach there down at Tennessee. Um, I think he's at Washington now. Um, but I mean, I remember we stayed, I don't know. I remember we stayed in that little hotel. Yep. We, 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 because we drove down. I was living in, I was living in New Albany at the time, and so we just drove down. And uh, you know, I remember walking in like, "This is awesome." They had that brand new indoor, and um, Coach McKeefe's big deal was um, they were building that new weight room. They're talking about having all those punching bags up there, and I'm like, "That is awesome!" You know, just like fight training or whatever. You know, just something different. But then, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly what year that was. Um, but then that kind of, I was like, I've got to get back into, or I've got to get into college. And so I had no idea. I think we started talking about the CSCS and trying to get that thing certified. And like, it took me forever. To get that, to get it's that tough. Back. It's a tough test. And, um, but yeah, then I got my first, uh, shot down at North Carolina central as a GA. Um, well, you were at the high school, vol- like pretty much volunteering were they paying like not that that matters a ton but were you no i mean i think i was getting i think i ended up getting like a 500 hundred dollar stipend yeah you know something something yeah Uh, but i was i was teaching at the time too i was called oh well i was a substitute teacher there for a while and then i got into miss page like the principal there she was she was a warlord uh she uh gave me the opportunity to be a credit recovery teacher and so it was kind of like a full-time gig or whatever. And, but that got me in the door and I was like, man, I, I've got to like do this full-time. And so basically sold, I sold all the old school equipment and we bought new equipment, med balls or dumbbells or whatever, to try to get that thing revamped. And uh, Coach Charlie Fields, he was still, he was still there. He still talks about like when I was there, he's like, man, you all had school program going and this and we were pushing tires and like we had guys showing up left and right uh and i think that's what really truly helped me when i first got my first gig in college was to be able to speak in front of a maybe a room full of 50 kids and maybe a handful of coaches there and i think that's where i kind of found my voice a little bit because when i went when i first got my opportunity in north carolina central it was like I could coach all day, you know. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter. Um, and I had a voice. And I had a presence on on the, on the floor. Um, and then I just kind of started sharpening that with knowledge of strength and conditioning. Um, but I think the high school provided me that confidence, being able to hey, got 120 eyes looking at me. 
I got to make sure I'm saying the correct stuff, you know. Um, but <laughs> well, being confident that, about what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and at the end of the day, the kids don't know sometimes, but like you've got to be confident as hell when you're speaking. And because, you know, in the strength and conditioning world, there's a thousand different ways to do it. But man, if you get a kid to believe in what you're doing, what you're building, it does not matter. Like if you like, we, we are an old school program down at Tech, and you know, we don't do anything fancy. We, 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 we snap, we jerk, we clean, we bench press, and we squat, and then we throw some accessories in there. And that is it. Mm-hmm. It is old school as you get, and we got, I love it. I mean, uh, I wish strength and conditioning would get back to the old the school. The old school. Mentality. Yeah, where it's like, you know, you're kind of taking some old school. And you're just sprinkling in the new school that can help, you know, whether it's this or that or whatever it would be. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, we, we talk about uh, um, making making training hard again because I think it's gotten too easy for a lot of people. Well, man, everyone's so worried about tracking everything, right? And yeah. you know, we all have watches. We all oh. track. We all track stuff. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's definitely useful to an extent, but like, you know, we, so like we have a lot of members who like, they'll get upset if they don't start their watch on time because Mm -hmm. they, in their minds, they don't think that it not, I mean, they realize that it actually still counts, but it's like, oh, well, it didn't count to anything because my watch didn't track it. Yeah. So it's not like you're not doing the effort for the sake of just doing the effort. You're not putting in the work for the sake of putting in the work. It's like, you have this thing on your wrist and you're putting in the effort so that the thing on your wrist is happy, which if that's what pushes you fine. But like at the end of the day, like the effort is the, like that's what you're after. Like the effort is the reward. Like that's what's going to get you to the thing. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I just, I don't even, I I still wear the old school (laughs) (laughs) G-Shock. Hey, that's a good watch, dude. I, I had a couple of those. This is, this is pretty close to one. It's a Garmin Instinct. It, it's, I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure it didn't have all the colors and everything on it. I'm oh, like, yeah. I want something bare. I want something basic. Um, so that's what I went with. No, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. Uh, I think it's really. It's just, man. Just I think if people trusted the process more and just fell in love with that feeling of like, man, I accomplished something today, and not looking at this or that or whatever. And just and stay on your path, right? And like, because you know, I'm like, I gotta lose a bunch of weight. You know, I'm gonna be 40. I can't be 270 pounds, you know, when I'm 70 years old. But like, I I've learned to stop putting pressure on myself, and you know, I gotta get to this. Right? Just stick to the process. It's one pound this week. If you had a bad week, whatever, right? Get back on the track. Like, stop stressing yourself out. Right. And just learn them. I like, I'm trying to like, I think when I turned 37 and I had a couple of things go on or whatever, I like, I learned to like, you know what? Just start living a little bit more. Stop living by these phones. Stop living by work, whatever. There's a saying in um, strength and conditioning, like the logo doesn't care about you, you know, and the logo is not going to bury you. You know, like it's the friends, the family, all that stuff that matters. So, like, just learn to, like, slow down and, like, breathe and enjoy it. 
So I'm that's what I'm trying to do. Like at, I'll be 38, like I said, with like I'm just trying to enjoy it more. Like went out and bought a mountain like this, that, the other, just like really just trying to open up. And like I wanted to like challenge myself too, but not try to like put all this stress and pressure on myself because that just wears you down. You know, the more I see our athletes now, you know, we're stress managers, right? So, like, we can put a program out, but if that guy is not feeling it that day for whatever reason, because it does happen, you know, like, we've got to adjust those numbers. Or, like, we got to pull that guy aside. Or those days when you do feel bad, that's when you got to train harder. And you, and, you, and you feel like you accomplish yourself, you know, or get something out of it. But, um, you know, I'm just going on. I'm rambling now, there. No, it's good <laughs> stuff, dude. I mean, that's very true, though. Like, I think there's a bunch of things there. Number one, when people show up and they feel like they don't, it's easy to talk yourself out of putting in any effort if you feel like you've had a bad day, first of all. So, like, there, if they had a bad day at school, and they go into the weight room and it's like, eh, I'm just not feeling it and blah, 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 blah. Like it's easy to talk yourself down a level. It's easy to talk yourself down to, you know, 10% less than what you would normally do. And then you just don't get anything out of the effort that day. You don't get as much as you could have out of the effort that day because you convince yourself that you've already had a bad day. So then it carries into the weight room, which then makes things, it just exacerbates the issue. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, like, here's one thing that we've done that's kind of helped that my training partner and I have done that's kind of helped us, like, overcome our own, like, expectations. Um, and I, I know, so, like, all training is based around numbers and progression, right? You you progress, you got this phase, this phase, this phase. You progress at certain reps. You progress at certain loads. You progress yep. at certain volume. So... Something we've done recently that has helped us a ton to like, that has really proven that point that we restrict our own expectations based on what happens, what we've done previously, is the last six weeks we've been using a die to define our reps. So we have one die and we roll the die and sometimes we multiply by one, sometimes we multiply by two, sometimes we multiply by three and that defines our reps for that set and we do that every single set and so we're only basing our number off of, we're only basing our weight off of the very previous set. So if we rolled a five at the previous set and we did 225 and then we roll an eight at the next set, but that 225 was easy, we might just stay at 225 and then try for eight. Whereas if you are doing a regular progression and you have a four week phase, and week one, you do sets of five. Week two, you do sets of four. Week three, you do sets of three, whatever. You know what you've done in the past. So you're always basing your, you're always like guessing what you're going to do next based oh, on that. Okay. So yeah. the die is like literally, like my strength has gone up. Not that I've like, not that I'm like trying to train for any strength, like, like, you know, strongman training or anything like that purposely. Yeah. But my strength has gone up probably 15% just because of this stupid die game. <laughs> yeah. Because, because our, uh, we've, we've closed the gap between where, like, between the stimulus and then what we need to decide to do next. Yeah. You see what I mean? I like that. So, 
but I think that that plays out in a in the long run for a lot of people based on like a day. Like if their day's been bad, then they bring that into the gym and they let that affect them. Or if the week's been bad, then they think that maybe the next week's going to be bad. And so I think that we limit ourselves based on what's happened yeah. like in our lives. And that's, I mean, I think that was maybe a stretched out point to what you were trying, like what you were saying, but I just think that we, we think too much about, about what we are capable of. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, as coaches, you know, say we're doing singles or doubles that day, but then like maybe the dude's got 315 on the bar and say it's a double or whatever. I might be, hey, I want three here. I want four here, right? Like go past that threshold, right? Because like you might, your best might have already been two, right? But then all of a sudden you just did three and the confidence level that you give these kids is huge because have half the same confidence, right? Half of the game is confident. Like if you feel like you're the biggest, baddest son of a gun, then you will be. You know, but um, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a good point, man. I, 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 you know, I'd be interested to throw that in my training. Uh, you know, I would hate to have, you know, 365 on the bar. And like, all of a sudden, you got to do it for eight. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can adjust the weights, but, you know, you just, uh, you just might be surprised. So, yeah, no, what we're like... I know for a long time you worked for free or for very little. And so a lot of people have trouble with that idea because, you know, as a society, we generally tend to believe that we deserve to get paid, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What drives you, what drove you in the beginning to like, to, to just keep going, to just start and then just drive through it, no matter the what seemed to be reward. Like most people use financial incentives as their, not most people, a lot of people use financial incentives as their reward. But what drove you to like, hey, this is what I need to do and this is what I'm going after and I know what the end looks like, but I don't know what the road's going to look like between now and then. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of fell back on there is no plan B. And so, um, you know, I remember watching Ken Manny and Mickey Marai on YouTube and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I want to do this because I sure didn't love teaching and I did not want to be a football coach. Um, you know, I was coaching my, I guess my, uh, after, once I finished, um, finished playing, um, I was like a student assistant there at Thomas Moore. And I loved the, being around the guys, but I hated the ex-coach and I did not want to do that. And then, you know, I, I was going to try to be a teacher, and I was like, this is not what I want to do. Um, and I fell in love with strict conditioning. Probably, you know, with – remember we trained with the Dooley? Yep. And then I trained down, like, ASAP with yep. uh, Ted Medina. Yep. yep. And then I fell in love there just being around coaching, and, like, I was like, I want to do this. Like, I – you know, we, all, we, we were always big in the – weight room at Thomas yep. Moore stuff don't wait around or whatever. But I think I just fell in love with the fact of coaching and having that energy and beat bopping around and hooping and hollering and like seeing somebody else achieve something. You know, it was never about like all oh, me, 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 me. It was like, man, like you just 
PR today. Awesome. And like you've never even done, or you just did 10 push-ups before or whatever. You know, there's always there's always certain things in coaching. You know, we had a guy the other day, um, I think he had 352 on the ball or, or whatever. He was cleaning. And he, had, he attempted, he attempted, attempted. And like we blew the whistle up and everybody's coming over here to look and watch it. And dude gets underneath it, bottoms out, fixes his elbows, drives the thing up, and he goes and rings the PR bell. We're like, he had he had so much emotion, he's crying. And like guys are like hooping hauling, there's water everywhere, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like I even was like yeah. because he cares so much about that individual and like the process and the team or whatever it might be. But it's awesome to see. Like it's happened multiple times. Like I'll, I'll even tear up like a guy's like maybe he'll fall and like you just see like four or five players come pick him up. I'm like, you don't see that today, right? You don't see it in the workplace. You know, it's everybody's individualized a little bit. And so, um, but, you know, get back to your question. I just, you know, I did, I did a lot of it for free, but I loved it so much, Jared. Uh, you know, I love being on the floor. I loved having a whistle around my neck. Uh, and I love just being a presence for other people. You know, I still have, good Lord, uh, when I was coaching high school, uh, you know, some people hit me up, man, man, we missed the training. Can you send me workouts? And they're like 32 years old now. You know, former athletes always reach out and like, hey, can you send me a workout? And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try, I type something up for them real quick or whatever. Um, but I think I just love being around guys. It keeps you young. Um, and you got to, I'm a big giver. So, like, I always tell the guys, I would do anything and everything for you to be successful. Right. I, I, this is, I mean, I don't know if we can go on a podcast, but I'll be like, I would, I'll give you my left nut for you to win this game or to be a big club champion or this or that. Like, that's how much I care. Like, you want this shirt? Here, take it. Like, it doesn't matter to me, right? So, um, you know, and that's – we have 120 different stories on this team that we try to navigate and help these guys. And you just kind of fall in love with these dudes, man. Um, and the process and just being around the guys because – when game day comes, you know, we don't have a whole lot to do, but see those achievements or like the dude's first sack or maybe the first start or like senior day when it's the last game and they're like emotional and they come up to you and like just tell you how much we, how much they appreciate you or whatever. We know we got a guy now every day um, he comes up and like daps everybody up. The coaches, he's like, man, I appreciate you all so much for pushing me. Wow. You know, um, and that's multiple guys. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, um, I don't know, it's very satisfying when you're helping another individual, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think I went high school, we didn't get paid a lot. And then the first year at North Carolina Central, you know, I didn't get paid for the first four months. Uh, it was a GA, you know, uh, not making a lot of money. You know, parents had to sacrifice a little bit. Um, and then you just kind of made it work. You know, I think we were, you know, I think I was making $28,000. 
at the time. And I was 28 years old. Yeah. You know, uh, and it wasn't a lot of money. I was I was in the freshman dorm. Yeah. Uh, and you just kind of was the driving factor. Like I, you can't you can't not stay here. You got to keep moving forward. Um, and I just I don't know. I love the process of it. And I've I've, I've had a pretty cool journey so far. You know, and actually when I first came down to Tech, so I was the head strength and conditioning coach at North Carolina Central. And the guy before me, he left to go down to Texas Tech to be the men's basketball strength coach. Well, after that football season and kind of heading into the spring, he called me and said, hey, man, like I got this part-time position down here. And uh, you know anybody that you know, fits our mold that I could bring down that, you know, I think it was getting paid like nine bucks an hour. And uh, I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and so, nice. and so I, was, I was ready to like take a next take step the next. because of the network situation. Because uh, I'm, I'm a Division three athlete, so I don't have a bunch of Division one contacts yep. at the time on my deal. And I was like, you know, I was at North Carolina for six years. I ended up getting my master's there. Um, I feel like I had accomplished everything I could at that moment. Um, and there's some stories. You know, we were dumpster diving, collecting metal, so we could uh, buy more equipment for the weight room. Oh, wow. And so I remember I sold my tailgate off my truck. What? Yeah. And so, like, it was, like it was, it wasn't working or whatever. So you just said, forget about it. I'm taking. I got like like 150 bucks out of it, but like that 150 bucks bought maybe a 70 pound kettlebell. I was gonna say that's a couple of kettlebells right there. Yeah, and so, um, I mean, I think this is crazy. Like, I had like a student loan. I probably spent three grand out of the student loan on equipment. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That's great, dude. And um, but like you, I mean. There's pictures I can send you of me and Coach. Like, we're literally, like, sawing up old-school field goal posts and, like, putting it in our truck, and we would take it down there. And then our first um, conference we went to, it might have been the second one. I can't remember. I think it was the BYU conference. And so it was out in Provo, and we were flying from North Carolina. And we had collected, I don't know, maybe 800, 900 bucks. And we took that out there with this whole, you know, you go to these conferences and, you know, they have all the display equipment out. And they got to like, at the end of the day, they got to pack it up and like ship it back off. Well, we kind of wiggled ourselves. Hey, like, how much you want for this med ball? Or how much you want for these battle ropes or collars or whatever? And so I remember we bought three battle ropes, a handful of collars, and I think something else. I can't remember. It might have been bands. Well, Coach and I, we had to get rid of clothes out of our luggage to take the take the step back. And like I remember, uh, John, like we put his suitcase up on the the way way thing for like Southwest or whatever it was, and like it was like you know the normal weight is like fifty pounds of like luggage. Well, his is like one twenty. <laughs> We're just like lugging this thing around. Yeah. Well, we came back with three battle ropes, and it was it was like a pivotal part of our like warm up when we when we kind of implemented those things. And kids were like, "Man, battle ropes! Like it's like the brand new thing." I'm like, yeah. it's, a, it's a rope." 
you know, they're like, <laughs> guys love it. Um, but anyway, I'm jumping around a little bit, but then I left to go to that Texas Tech, uh, you know, basically cut my salary, you know, by 75%. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I remember uh, Coach Berg, who is now at Ole Miss, uh, he's like, you've got to bet on yourself. Mm. And that's what I did. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm out. I got to go. And it was probably the best thing I've ever done because I learned a lot about myself, a lot. I ended up finally passing the CSDS. We went to the national championship game for basketball. And then all of a sudden I went to East Carolina for football. And But a couple of things that I learned about myself being a coach. So I was kind of like on this weight loss journey um, at North Carolina Central. I had no idea. I still have no idea what I'm really doing, you know, because I just train hard and hopefully it won't work. But, like, I just, you know, sometimes I eat bad. Sometimes I mean, I'm not perfect, you know, by no means. And it's tough. And it's long, long days or whatever. But I ended up getting up to, like, 335 pounds at one point. Yeah. And uh, that was – What'd you play football at? Two ninety five. Oh, that's all you were. Yeah. Wow. So, so you had uh, put on forty pounds from Thomas yeah, Moore. From Thomas Moore, and that was probably that what year? I don't remember. Maybe like two thousand sixteen ish, right? I got up. That, I got up that weight, and like, uh, but I started losing. I was like, I got to get this thing off me. So I started running or whatever, and I ended up getting down to like. I don't know, maybe like 280 or whatever. And then I got, like, when I left to go back down to Texas Tech, I kind of gained it back, you know, stress, whatever. And I was 300, 301 pounds, I remember weighing in. And the first night I got down, I got down there like two in the morning. Well, Coach Riley, he was like, hey, we're going to go do it because it was on Memorial Day. And it was two in the morning. I get out of my truck, the U Haul still behind me. Hey, we're gonna go do the turf. <laughs> and I'm, uh, I just got done driving eleven hours. Had you done it day. before? That was the first time I ever did it. And so, like, it was two in the morning. I got pictures somewhere on it, and we're running around campus, and I'm dying. You know, I got the way the nest on, whatever. And I couldn't. I I was terrible at pull ups. You know, I've always been like a strong guy, but I've never been like pull up guy or. Well, yeah, you had 300 pounds weighing on you. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, I mean, you got you to gotta be freaking like uh, you, you were the top five, probably one of the top three strongest human beings I know. But you got to be strong. Like, yeah. you got to be a different kind of strong to be able to do pull-ups at 300 pounds. So I'm struggling during the Murph. And then, you know, we finally get into coaching and everything and get rolling. And I'm starting to meet the team. Well, the basketball arena – it's probably about a mile away from this other weight room that we were going to run to. Well, and we did everything as a team, even the coaches. And it was like uh, Friday morning. It was like a big team lift. Here we go for a run. Well, I'm last. And we get there. I'm dying. And then we had to run back. I'm still dying. And I remember Brandon Francis he, he's playing overseas now. One of the best people I've known played basketball here. So I think he was a powerful shooting guard. And he came up to me and, like, he grabbed my stomach. And he said, how can I trust you if you can't do what we do? 
And from there on, I was like, I got to get in shape. Like, <laughs> like, like in shape. And so um, we did this thing, you know, Coach Beard, uh, like you have to sacrifice something during season, whether it's like Netflix or like junk food or Coke or whatever. Well, my sacrifice was to do like 45 minutes a day of cardio. Like I had to make like time to do this. And uh, so I started doing that during season. I was losing a bunch of weight. I ended up getting down to like 262, I think, was the lowest point. But I kind of rode that momentum a little bit. And like now I'm like running with guys. Now I'm doing versa climbers. Like, hey, let's go. Boom, we got five minutes. Go, boom, 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 versa climber, whatever. And so, you know, I'm starting to do that. Then I go to North East Carolina, East Carolina, still the same thing. Go to Georgia Southern. I'm running with the guys around campus. And then I get back to here and I'm starting to do these extra. But then I found like my greatest strength as a coach is my availability. Your availability? Availability. Okay. Being, being, giving my time to someone, Mm. right? Whether it's extra this or that. So now maybe I'm kind of like known for the guy that like, if you want extra, go see B Lee. Mm -hmm. And like, so this past weekend, we ran hill sprints or the last weekend I'm boxing with a tight end or first climber or taking rogue swimming or whatever it might be. Like, I'll do, and I'll do it with you, right? Like, I'll do the brand run with you, right, during May or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I try to be in the best shape possible because if if I'm demanding you to do something hard, I better do something hard. So that's kind of my whole deal as far as being a coach. Like, hey, man, I'll, I'll be right here with you doing this. You know, now I'm not going to run as fast as you probably. Yeah. <laughs> or I may not squat or bench as much as you, but I will be, and I will, I will die on that line before I quit. Well, so, I imagine that squat or bench, you're not far off most of them, but <laughs> the the running fast part, you're right about the squat. Yo, <laughs> you don't know how many times I've pulled my hand. I, I oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's just kind of my, you know, and like I think it shows. It shows like, hey man, like he can do this too, right? Or or whatever. Or like you're you're chirping in that guy's ear, and like you're demanding him not to. You're demanding him to push his quit line a little further, mm, right? His quit like line. His, yeah, the quit. So we mm. talk about that a, a ton, especially with our freshmen. Um, moving the quit line, like the, the worst thing you can do is quit one time, mm. because now you get comfortable with like, oh, I can just, I can quit. Up. I can quit. Mm-hmm. So, like, we try to establish doing hard things, whether it's pushing sleds, running in, in 100-degree heat, or doing cluster sets or whatever, right? You have to move your quit line. Mm-hmm. And the only way you do it is to do hard things. And so, like, you know, we had a guy this weekend, earlier not this weekend, but uh, on Friday, he's got 396 on the bar, and we got 12 sets of one. And so... And it's a 20-second rest. And what exercise is this? Back squat. Okay. And, uh, you know. Hold on. 12 sets of one with 20 seconds rest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go yeah, on. It's a cluster set. Yeah, cluster set. Got yeah. it. And, uh, you know, the dude is like, bent over the bar, right? And he got, he got every dude sharing him on. And I'm spotting him. Well, we're not taking weight 
No. Right? And I, if I have to crane spot him, I will. But the fact of the matter is, I want this kid to understand that he can do this. Right? If I'm, if, Even if I'm there just a little bit, right? You can push through this. Like, we have got to drag you through this workout so you understand that you can do this. And it, it happens all the time in our environment. You know, a guy bends over, no, get him up. Move your quit line, right? Move your quit line. Or like, hey, do an extra rep, right? Or like, when everybody else goes in, do five more, do five more reps of the running, right? If you struggle today, move your quit line. You know, learn to do stuff hard. Um, and that's what I've been trying to do with myself. Yourself. Is, is training. It's like do something hard. Like I, um, I met a really good group of coaches when I, uh, when the new, when this new staff came in. And they were real big into like Olympic lifting. And I never really put Olympic lifting into my training a lot. You know, I would clean every once in a while, but I would never snatch or split jerk. Well, like, I had to get get comfortable quick with these movements. And they were, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of a bigger guy, but like you got a couple guys that are lighter than me, you know, that are doing 308 split jerk. Wow. Wow. And, uh, I'm like, I've got to get to this point. And so, like, I just, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I got to make it hard. And I, I kind of, like, came back to life a little bit on my training. Mm-hmm. I was snatching again. I'm, I'm, I'm split jerk. I think I ended up split jerking, I don't know, 328. Wow. Um, Damn, B. Uh, what else? And then I'm, I'm almost back to my bench. Back at Thomas Moore, um, so I think I hit 410. I, I'm at 415 at Thomas Moore. Um, my clean, I can't get my clean going, um, but it's like probably around 274. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I snatched 220. But you know, talking about the chin-ups now, I try to do pull-ups every day, mm-hmm. and so my best pull-up is 16. And and I'm weighing 16, 16 reps, and that's. That's wide. That's grip. wide grip pull up. Wide, yeah, wide like Rocky style pull up. Uh, but like I absolutely love it now. Mm. Like I love doing pull up because I think the thing was I was I was always terrible. I, I used to put a band around right me, and I I do pull up like I'll, I'll bang out twenty a day. You know, even if it's like you know ten sets of two. Boom, boom. All right, rest, go. Or then maybe I'll throw some chain on there or whatever. But I love doing pull-ups now because I think I have that confidence. Like, yeah, I can do pull-ups now. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. And I I'm telling to- you. Pull-ups and push-ups, man. I, I think – so we have a lot of women, like mo- – not most, but a lot of our demographic are 45 to 60-year-old women. And it's like what I try to tell them is like it, just saying the word push-up, first of all, to most of them is like, a push-up? Like, you want me to do a push-up? And that's the thing is like, as soon as you realize that it's your mind that's getting in the way and all you need to do is train the body to move through the range of motion. And then you prove to yourself that you can do it. You'll do, you'll do it. Like it, it won't be a problem. Yep. It's just calm. It's calm. Like, you know, every once in a while I'll train like some women on the side that need some help or whatever. And I ended up getting this one girl where she did no pull-ups at all. Well, she can do three now. And like it's the biggest thing in the world, and like you just got to stay consistent with it, um, because I just 
I'm, I'm, a, I'm a true believer in those body weight movements, like push-ups, pull-ups, inverted rows, or TRX row, or like even a lunge, you know, yeah. like those things go miles for training. Yeah. Uh, and, I, you, you, and you'll be so much more confident when you're like at the gym and like, if it's a, if it's a woman or a, or a male that can actually bang out five or 10 push-ups, well, half the population can't do that right now. You know, uh, not even, yeah, I mean, not even close, not even, not close. even close, not uh, even dream it. Most of them can't. Yeah. So I'll tell, I'll tell you this one story about one of our members real quick. Um, her name's Elaine. She listens to these, so she'll be happy to hear her name. But yeah, at, at any rate, she's, she's 60. She might be, she, she's going to kill me now that she, now that I'm trying to say her age, but nonetheless, she's at least 60 years old. Um, she's been training with me for 10 years probably. And her first goal was a push up. So like, that was like one of her first goals. She got there somewhat quick. It took maybe a, you know, a year, maybe a couple of years. Can't really remember. Now she can do 25 push ups pretty easily. Um, so her next goal was then it was a chin up. She wanted to be able to do a chin up and that was probably shoot. It's been 40, four years ago, three years ago or so that she, that she said it. Now, I would say, I don't think she actually really started training for it diligently yeah. for maybe until like the last 12 to 18 months. Like yeah. she's been hanging regularly. She's, she tries regularly. She has like a tree, she has a tree branch, I think at her house that she uh, tries on every, you know, every day, oh, that kind of thing. So I get a call, maybe it was two weeks ago at this point, And I can see it's her, I answer the phone. I'm like, hello? And all I hear is her screaming. And I'm like, hello, Elaine? <laughs> Elaine? She's like, I did it! I did it! I did it! I'm like, what'd you, what'd you do, Elaine? I can't. <laughs> Slow down. I did a chin-up! I did a chin-up! Yeah. So she, like, lost her mind. A dead hang chin-up. She started at the very bottom, came all the way up to the top. We do a thing here every quarter called the Pack Fitness Assessment, where we, we uh, test everybody's run. Well, anybody who wants to come, we test a one rep max. And she did it again here and everyone was around and cheered and that was super fun. So, yeah. So that was super cool. I love that. I love yep. the tree branch. I wish we had trees in West Texas. I would go out and do the same thing. No trees. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Just a bunch of dust and dirt, man. Oh, man. Oh, you're, you're in desert land. Oh, yeah. We're, I mean, West Texas is, I love it here. But the one thing I do miss about, the, I guess, the Midwest or like, is the green. green. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, we went to West Virginia for a, a trip, and I'm like, man, there's so many trees. <laughs> Look at all these trees everywhere. You got to like, I mean, there's not a tree in the neighborhood unless it's like just a little planted evergreen. Like, yeah. And it's all it is. Yeah. It is what it is. But I'm, I love that tree branch deal. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, body weight, body weight exercises are, are super underrated, uh, most definitely. So oh, yeah. I, um, I love the, what'd you say? Move the quit line. I yeah. love that. That's another one I think I'm going to steal. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I love the, the story you told about him grabbing your belly too, which, which is funny of course, but at the same time, like, man, we don't have enough accountability. I actually did a post on that this morning, ironically enough, but like, we don't have enough accountability. Like people are scared to tell people to like, you got to get in shape. People are scared to look at someone and go, Hey man, you got to do something like, yeah. 
you got to do something. Like, look at you. You're sitting there complaining about the energy that you have. You're complaining about the aches and pains you have. You're complaining about being overweight. Like, you got to do something. You got to do something about it. You like you. You complain all you freaking want, but you got to do something. But no one will say anything. It's like scared to step on toes and scared to do anything. So I love when I hear someone. Number one. A, who's comfortable holding someone accountable, literally like holding you and telling you like you're fat, you better do something about this. And then number two, the person on the other end going, hey, you, roger that, yeah. let's go. Oh yeah, and I, I, tell, I tell my interns that all the time. I'm like, you know, cause we'll get interns maybe fresh out of college or whatever, and they may not be the strongest or whatever, I'm like, you want you want respect from these players? You better not necessarily because I, I hate I hate the fact that like you have to look the part in training conditioning, but like with, there's a lot of good coaches that are just you know uh, you know that that don't bend stop or bounds or whatever, right? But like you can't just be a regular guy and and these elite athletes kind of respect you, you know? Like you got to be. Somehow you got to deadlift 600 pounds, or like you got to be very intelligent, or this or that. You got to have some somewhat of a niche, I guess you could say. And I tell I tell the intern that story all the time. Like, man, hey, he literally grabbed my stomach, looked at me in my eyes, and said, "Hey, how can I trust you if you can't do what we do?" And I'm, it's just, and it, but it's it's proves because like some days the athletes, be, hey, hit this hit this bench real quick, and like I'm over here just like cold. And then it might be three fifteen. You got to go. Yeah. You know, I remember one of our guys, um, one of our assistant coaches. He's a huge deadlifter, but he probably, he probably, weighs, he probably weighs 210 pounds. Right? There's six hundred pounds on the bar. <laughs> he goes over there cold, boom, bangs it out. And they're like, "What in the hell?" <laughs> but like, you've got to like, kind of like, step into that moment right there and be like, "Hey guys, like, we do the same stuff." Right, and that may not be as fast as you or as strong as you, but like, like you got a group of individuals that coach you that do, do not back the hell down, right? And so, like, you know, hey, we'll step up because we, we we demand you all to step up. Go ahead, challenge us. You know, I got guys. You know, I have I've been off into lineman. He pissed me off the other day. He's like, hey, man, you're kind of looking kind of fat. Well, hell, I did like four workouts that day. <laughs> I mean, I made sure to like video calling every time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's hilarious. You know, but I I think, you know, you talk about people having accountability. I think people need more challenges in their lives. And it's not even in the weight room. Like, be a better husband. Be a better boyfriend. Be a better man or woman. Like, be a better friend. Like, if that's a challenge, make it a challenge. You know, Um, you know, I'm not married, but like, I want to be the whoever I do marry or whatever, right? I want to be the best version of that, you know. And then, then when we are together, then I want somebody to challenge me. Like I heard this the other day: um, too much love will make you uncomfortable. Mm. And so, like, that's you know, good. Uh, it's it's like you know if, if they're always like, "Hey, Jay, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best." You're gonna get comfortable real quick. Hey, like your gym is perfect square footed like you don't need to grow anymore you don't need to open up a second location you don't need to open up another location in the end or whatever right oh cool you're just going to stay the same like i want 
somebody to be like, hey, go be better for me. And mm-hmm. like I think that, I think that's where I kind of get it from the athletes. Like I want to be a better coach for them too. You know, I don't want to just be the same guy every time. You know, I want to try to be a little bit sharper in my approach, or, or when I when I talk in front of groups, or like how I explain workouts, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a guy. I think it's gonna be my next tattoo, but I'm a guy that feeds off the friction. Mm. So I love like. I love when somebody calls me old. Like it pisses me off. Like we got, I got a couple of guys I love them to death, but they're you know one's twenty five, the other one's thirty. Um, you know, I got another one who just turned thirty, and uh, they're like, "Come on, old man," and it just fucking fires me up. <laughs> and like it, whether whether I can maybe do it or not, I'm gonna get my ass underneath that bar and do it. You know, the other day you know, I just got done working out, and. Uh, my good friend who I work with, you know, hey, let's go squat. I just got done working out like 40 minutes ago. I ran prior to that. What I ran, I did it. I lifted, I did a campus run. And then like, we were just waiting there to like go to lunch. He's like, come on, I need you. I need you to go to squat with me. Cause he was like kind of having a, a, not a bad day, but like, yeah. he had it back into it a little bit. Off day. Mm-hmm. And he even worked out prior to this, and he's like, "I just didn't love that workout. I need to go get another one." And I was like, well, fuck, "I ain't backing off." And so, you know, he's front squatting. I don't. I'm a terrible front squatter, so I ended up just back squatting. But we did like a five by five, and then a five by five weighted chin up, and we like tempoed the hell out of it. So like, it's those moments when you're like, "Yeah, come on, Joe, let's go. Well, let's go for a campus run. All right, bet, let's go. I'm not going to back off." You know, unless obviously I have something else. I can't just leave a group or something. Um, but like, I'm always like, hey, let's go swim. Mm-hmm. Let's go do this. Like, I'm always trying to invite, hey, go buy a mountain bike so I can go mountain bike. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I love like challenges, you know, and I may not be great at them. Like, mm. you know, I, I would love to eventually do an Ironman. I don't think I'll ever get to that point of mm. being able to run 26 miles mm. or whatever but you know whether it's like uh something that's similar to that because i love biking i love swimming and, and i hate running but i'll do it mm-hmm. but maybe not that longevity but i would love to get to that point where i could do that it's mm-hmm. going to take a lot of discipline and a lot of time and a lot of training but i just i want to accomplish something um you know i've, I've been trying to like search for things whether it's a mountain bike or swimming, like, you know, I've even been looking at BJJ, you know, mm. but it's hard for the schedule right now because mm-hmm. you know, the classes are late or whatever, or, or too early in the morning when we're working. Um, you know, I, at one point I was doing CrossFit and lifting mm-hmm. just to find that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always searching for something. Like if somebody says, hey, let's go hike, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's go run, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't not matter, right? Like mm-hmm. I just... I want to. I want to find that that challenge or mm. that hard thing of the, that day and just go get it. Yeah. Whether whether it has to do with any of my training, like I, mm. I could care about. You know, there's a whole thing about overtraining, mm. um, and I'm not a. I probably do. I don't know if I overtrain or not, but I probably do too much sometimes, and I let my body recover. Mm-hmm. But I, there's a great article. I'll just send it to you, Jerry. Yeah. Um, it's uh from a. It's like. It's an old Marine. He calls 
It's, it says drive it like you stole it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this article, and he's a Marine and went back to college. And they're like, hey, man, like, why are you why are you back here? Like, why don't you just go get a regular job? Why are you trying to do this, this, that, and the other? And they're like, why are you still lifting weights? Why are you still trying to deadlift this? And basically, it's like, who are you all to tell me what to do? Like, when, when, when we die, like, is he, not turning this vehicle in. Like <laughs> there's, That's there's that. Not, there's not an emission. That, check it off the list. Yeah, and uh, he was like, I'm going to drive my body like I stole it. And I read that probably a year ago, and I remember doing like three a days, and I'm like, just drive it into the ground. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like if, if you're training and you're thriving and you're feeling great, you're going to have a good life. Mm. You're going to have a good life. And if you, and if you, if I've always also said, like, if you care more about other people than yourself, you're going to be fine. Mm. And so if you're spreading that love and like people kind of like, why are you posting videos? You working out? I don't post it to show off. I'm like, shoot, like go do something. People like, Go get on a chin-up bar. Like, you can do this. Like, my big old butt can do this. <laughs> right? Like, like you know, like, people are like, wow, you're doing I'm like, yeah. If you need help, let me know. You know? Like, like shit, I'm just looking for workout partners. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, at this point, you're running out of them. Everyone's yeah. like, damn, this dude's nuts. I don't know yeah. if I'd keep up with him. You're wearing me out, B. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, so I'm just like, you know, uh, and people, I, you know, people are like, man, like you, you're 38 or 37. They're like, you look good. I'm like, it's not necessarily what I'm trying to do, but it's just part of the product of what we're doing here. You know, like and I've seen a lot of um, older people or even my people my age that are already beaten down. I know, man. 38 uh, years old. Yeah. And it's, you know, I saw my dad, you know, Bless his heart, he passed last August, whatever, but like Oh man. Um he uh he had like diabetes mm. or whatever and he was on the um, oh my goodness. Insulin, insulin. And all that stuff, yeah. right? And he also had the um, uh what's the machine you plug up to at night? Oh like, CPAP or No, no? Uh, for kidneys. Uh, oh for kidneys, dialysis machine. Dialysis. Yeah. But he was on dialysis at Wow. Wow. 70. Wow. Like, but when I went to go visit him, uh, he was like a prisoner mm. of his own home. Mm-hmm. He had to be on that machine for nine hours. Mm. That means he had to go to bed at whatever time, nine or 10 o'clock at night. And like, he can't get off that machine. So he can't just get up at five and get his day started mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. He could never travel. Mm. You had to bring the machine, mm. and there's all these obstacles. And I've, I've been, and, it, it, and I saw him just like, you know, his mom died years ago, so he was kind of beaten down from all that stuff mm-hmm. too. But I just saw him not getting the most out of it, mm. and like that's where I, I want to get the most out of myself, mm. I guess. Like, there's also this quote somebody told me, they're like, you know, when you die, you meet this person. Mm. in heaven right and that person is who you were supposed to be and whether you fulfilled that journey or fulfilled that shoe right you either met 
your obstacles and goals or whatever and we were actually that person or you weren't and so like to me i'm like man how am i going to just be better right how can i do this and that there's no i am not even close to being perfect no like i'm so far from it i might be one percent you know i might be nine out of <laughs> yeah right so like i want to just keep getting better and better and better and better and just keep moving forward um, but at the same time, you need people like yourself, you need like Kyle, you know, you need Fry, you need Clayton, you need all this huge circle of people to thrive off of, and they can thrive off you. Um, and, you know, you kind of got to, you know, when you get older, I guess, you kind of got to start seeing who you hang out with, mm. you know, because I, I do believe, you know, the people you hang out with will determine where you're kind of at. Um, and you got to like kind of cut those people out of your lives. Like there was a, I know I'm throwing a bunch of quotes at you, but like, I, you know, hey, I love it. It's called like trim the roses. Well, like if you keep feeding dead roses or like the dead part of the plant, you're just feeding bad habits over and over again. Right? You've got to cut that off so the nutrients get to the fresh part of the plant or whatever it might be. And it regrows. I think sometimes you have to do that in life. You gotta like, all right, I got this kind of this 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 thing going on in my life. I've got to cut that off so I can grow this way and not grow towards the bad or not grow at all. You know, so I, I think I think people gotta realize it's okay to like, you know, whether it's relationships or whatever it might be, gym, whatever. Like you gotta cut something off or sacrifice something to move forward. Mm. And I don't think a lot of people today are willing to sacrifice a lot. Well, so the the analogy that I use for that exact same thing, which I love the the clip the roses thing too, um, is is driving a Ferrari with your foot on the brake. Yeah. So you're you're putting your foot on the brake and you're trying to go as fast as you can and you're mashing down on the gas pedal, but your foot's on the brake. Because what you're doing is a bunch of crap or you have people around you or, or you're in an environment that's keeping you where you are. And yeah. you've got to realize that that is, it's not one thing probably, but one thing could potentially launch you forward. And then you can start to figure out the small things that you need to do to, to you know, whatever, make it more efficient or make it, you know, get your maximal effort. But man, I, I love that idea. And I think you're 100% right. Like, man, like... That's it's funny because I just put this post out maybe yesterday or something like that. But um, sacrifice is just something that we just we think that we expect to get things without putting in effort or without sacrificing things around us, people around us, whatever it is. And I don't know if it's just like complacency. I don't know if it's comfort. It's probably a combination of all the above, but like. Until you wake up and realize it, another quote that I love is from a guy named Carl Jung. He's a psychologist that died a long time ago. Um, Unless you make the unconscious conscious, it'll dictate your life and you'll call it fate. Yeah. But, but, uh, I mean, there's so much truth to, like, everything that you're saying. And, like, when you surround yourself with a group of like-minded people who are driving toward the similar, a very similar thing that you're trying to drive toward... Um, a bunch of people, hopefully, that 
have done more than you, some people who have done the same to you as you, some people who have done less than you, so that you can mentor these people, you can grow with these people, and you can look at these people over here and you can go, damn, I want to be like that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So unless you have that diverse group, like it's just tough. And I don't think that people realize that like being in the same environment that they're in all the time, going to the same restaurant, going to the same hangout, going to the same job, going to the same you know, whatever, going out with the same group of people, if they're doing the same thing, like if you're around a group of people, a bunch of people who are growing and trying to thrive and trying to push forward and trying to, you know, prosper in a lot of the same ways that you are, then yeah, that's, that's where you need to be. But if it's a bunch of people who are staying still and you have the urge to move forward, then you got to move. You got to do something. Yeah. What's well, the same thing with, you know, with teams is that, you know, like, Maybe you have a hundred individuals that are moving forward, and then you have maybe ten guys that are hurting the team that are taking strain on the team that are making the team strain more because we we call it taking strain off. Mm. Like if you're not if Jerry's not doing his job and his work, and now I'm doing Jerry's job, I'm taking strain. So now for us to like be successful, we got to take strain off each other. And so, like, you got to learn to like. Sometimes you got to be like, "Hey, guys, like, if this isn't for you, the door's there," because we have a common goal. And that's what one thing that you know, Coach Bearded, when we were at Texas Tech, it was like a Monday, and all the all the all the recruit or the transfers came in. We had our whole team, and the first thing he said, "Hey, we will play on Monday night in the national championship game," and that was in June. But the same story, it was the same story over and over every day in practice. Hey, we can play on Monday night. We can play on Monday night. And the story never changed. Whether we were on a, a slide where we, or a slid where we where we lost maybe three straight, the story never changed. Hey, we're going to make a tournament. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I think you've got to say, I think you've got to tell the same story over to yourself every day. Hey, I want to lose weight. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better this. I want to be a better that, and and live up to that story. And but just because like I mean, it could be a hundred pages or it could be a thousand pages, but just keep turning the page every day and moving the thing forward, and that's it. And whether it, you know, I I call it. I don't think anybody has bad days, right? I think you just have bad moments, mm. right? So like, there's not, you know, I've had bad moments where it's like maybe a bad lift session with the guys or this or that or whatever. But it wasn't a bad day. I'm here. I'm on this podcast. I'm about to go cut the grass. It's not a bad day. Right? It was just it was just a bad moment. Mm. Right? And you gotta take that bad moment, whatever it might be, and make it a better moment or whatever. And I know that a lot of things happen in this world that are very bad, mm. but it's all it is, is a bad moment. And you gotta either take that it's all about reaction, how you react to those moments. Whether you lost your job or you did this or whatever. Okay. React to it and get better. Right? Like whether it's but you can't you can't like all oh, uh, this, that you can't start feeling sorry for yourself. Mm. You know, I think that's where I don't know, it, it's different for me now because I've lost both my parents. So I'm like, okay, I've seen the worst of the worst for me, right? And so, like, it could, it's, you know, that, that was, that sucked, but I can't sit here 10 years later or a year later and be like, I'm not moving forward. Mm -hmm. I can't. I'm not doing this. I, I can't just crawl in a hole. No, because 
Jerry relies on me, Kyle, my team, this, my sister. Like, it's bigger than you right now, right? That little moment that that maybe made you sad for whatever, right? And that might be harsh, but I think I've kind of learned that lesson where I'm like, you know, it's life. And you got to keep moving forward. And because this thing is, this whole thing, life will spit you out real quick. And it doesn't, nobody cares. Right. And so, like, you've got to, like, kind of put your foot down to, all right, that was bad. We're moving forward. Right. Whether, whatever, whatever situation it might be. Because I think if you, I've seen people where it's like, you know, something bad happened to them and they just plummet. And sometimes they've got to hit the bottom to kind of come up a little bit. And it's, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a hard lesson for people to hear or whatever, but that was, I guess that was my lesson, you know? Um, but you know, I just, you know, I'll, I'll probably get fired one day. I'll probably lose my job one day or whatever. But I can't just be like, ah, I'm hmm. not going anywhere. I'm done. Right. No, like you've got to put your big boy pants on and be like, all right, walk out the door, get this thing done and go to the next step. Cause I mean, that's what everybody does. And I think people just, people just learn to stop. And it goes back to that quit line. Once you quit once, you'll quit again. And so you've got to kind of keep moving forward through this thing, whether it's a weight loss journey, whether it's relationships, whatever. I mean, we've, I've seen, I've seen so many people our age, like having divorces now, right? Like work through it, whether, whatever it might be, whether I'm not, a, you know, obviously not in a relationship, so I, I have no, <laughs> on this, but like whether it's work or whatever like find happiness like whether it's through training find something that you love doing um because of, you know i've seen stress i'm like stress is not good for anybody mm. i think stress is the number one killer like they can talk about these diseases and this that and the other i think stress will get you quicker than anything else mm. Because if you don't, if you don't take care of yourself through maybe training or mental clarity, whatever you want to talk about, like I, I think you 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 die quickly in life. Um, and so that's my ramble. I, <laughs> hey, brother, I love it. I love it. That's so great. Um, I think we could sit here and talk forever. So let me think. If you had one thing. If you, if there was like one sentence that you you would say define has defined your journey, what what would that be? Uh, you know this 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 guy got I got this from Coach Raleigh. Um, consistency is toughness, and toughness is consistency. Hmm. Um, you know, and I and it wasn't like that early on. Hmm. You know, but like. You know, I kind of look back at, you know, I always played sports, right? You know, I always did this. I always wanted to do this. I wanted to play in college. I wanted to, you know, try to pay to get paid to play or whatever. I wanted to get my master's. I wanted to be a coach. And, like, this is over a 30-year deal or whatever it might be, whatever. But, like, I think if you just stay consistent, you'll find some type of toughness about you. Now, the hard thing is, the tough part is staying consistent. 
And it's the, it's the hardest thing, whether it's discipline or eating right or lifting, like to stay consistent in what you're doing and continue to adapt to the environment you're in. It's going to be, no, that's going to be tough. Um, and just, you know, and like, you know, bag on tattoo I have, it just says keep moving, hmm. right? Just keep moving forward. Like, you know, I read a book, um, Endure by Cameron Haynes. Uh, he's like a big bow hunter in the ultra marathon. And we use, we use this term at, uh, at tech, like, like, tell your inner pitch to shut up. And, just keep going forward because this this guy came in. He was an ultra marathon runner. He actually talked to us. Um, he's like, if you're in a dark place, just know there's always a light, right? Because he talks about this hundred mile marathon, the ultra marathon, and he talks about being on mile fifty. Well, like at mile sixty, that light is getting a little brighter. At eighty, get a little bit brighter. At ninety, you can see it. Mm. There's always a light. You just got to keep going forward. Like he could have been like, you know what? Mile 50, I'm done. Can't do it. No, dude, get to 55. And then get to 57 and whatever it might be. Um, but just have that determination just to always know that whether it's a dark place in your life, there's a light. And you just got to find it and, get, and pick yourself up and get moving and just do it. And it's not going to be easy. Right, somebody's probably going to come and knock you down, right? But step back up. There's a light. There's a chance because I think if if you just be like, you know what, pity me, this, that, and the other, you're never going to you're never going to amount to what you want to be or whatever you want to do. Um, and I'm nowhere near. Like I said, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Right? Like I'm I'm trying. I am like crawling and like clawing to try to get to the point where I want to go. And to be honest with you, I don't know where it's exactly where I want to go. You know, I do know I want to be successful. I want to be a father. I want to be a director one day. And if it takes me another 20 years, that's fine. You know, but I know I want to do those things. Like I don't need it today. Mm. Right. Cause I, I'm not ready for, I'm not ready for it. I'm not, I have mm. not, um, my moment is not now. But I've got to I've got to prepare myself for that opportunity when that opportunity comes. Mm. Because the, the the worst thing you can do is not prepare, you know, to be a good father or or a good coach or a good friend, and you arrive at that moment, and it's overwhelming. So I think you just gotta I don't know you just gotta I don't know who knows I and mean, I may be doing things wrong too because you know I heard this the other day too at a, at a wedding I was at you know people were like man like you know what do you you know how do you do this or you know like um, you know like you, you always hear your parents say like you know when I was this or that or like maybe people are hard on their parents for like not doing something when they're seventy well I think we sometimes forget it's their first time being seventy. <laughs> right, like it's your first time being 39 here in a couple months. Mm -hmm. You don't know what 39 feels like. I don't know what 38 feels like in two weeks. So like it's our first time for everything, right? Like there's going to be something that happens in the next year or two that's going to be our first time for for this. And so like, I think people put this blueprint around life like there is no blueprint to this thing. 
there's no time. People are in different time stages, you know. Um, but I think you just got to be prepared for when stuff happens or like when that moment of greatness or moment of obstacles or adversity happens, you just got to prepare yourself. Um, and I think that's on a daily deal, whether it's being spiritual, whether it's through training, whether it's just like, hey, I'm going to try to live the best life possible and, you know, do all these good things for people, whatever it might be, right? And so I think you just got to keep, just keep moving. So I love it, brother. I just got chills. I, I'm going to be totally honest. I, I seriously did. I don't know if we got cold in here or what that was about, but no, no. <laughs> Somebody turned the time. What just happened? No. That was good stuff, brother. Uh, B, I love you. Absolutely, Jay. I love you. I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, man. Great to see you. Like I said, you look great. Uh, you certainly inspire me with your freaking three days and all that. <laughs> We, we, hit, we hit some two-a-days every once in a while, and I thought we were going hard, but I'm going to have to adjust my hard meter, apparently. Oh, no, you're all, you're all kicking butt up there, man. You're all kicking butt up there. Well, I'm just trying to catch up to old Kyle. Kyle. Oh, Mr. 405, did you see his bench press? Yeah. Mr. 405? Yeah. <laughs> so, he, you know, we, we, have this, we have a text between um, me, Kyle, and Clayton. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, fry, yeah. And, like, we're always throwing videos in there or whatever, but like he keeps, you know, like it keeps me young, man. Like I, I remember Kyle, I can't remember what he did. But he challenged me to do something, yeah. And like I challenged him to do, like, hey, like try to do five thousand meters under forty-five minutes or mm. whatever, it was. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and he would send back to me, yeah, I did it. All right, yes, like this is this, is mm, the this yeah. You know, and then like Clayton, he's working out, he's getting that stair master or whatever it might be. Um, but like I feed off that. Mm -hmm. And that's, it, it kind of comes back to like, I want people in my life that I can feed off of. Mm -hmm. You know, where it, whether, whether it's this podcast or like, or like the person I meet at the grocery store who's really kind, like I'm going to feed off that. Mm. Right. I'm going to feed off positivity and like, people who like want more out of life like i can't feed off somebody who's like negative or like mm. woe is me like mm. you just drag my energy mm -hmm. down it, it, it what do they call it like the energy vampire mm -hmm. um you know so it's just it's uh i think that's what i'm looking for you know i'm looking for people that i can be like you know what make me better mm. you know um because at one point, I guarantee I'm going to push you back and make you better. Mm. You know, so like, that's what I kind of, that's probably why I'm so picky in everything I do. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really go out anymore or do this. I'm like, nah, I just, I want, I want, I'd rather go play ultimate Frisbee than go out. Yeah. You know, like I'd yeah. rather have a cornhole night or whatever. Mm -hmm. like, I want to be doing something where it's like competitive, it's fun, you know, um, but yeah, so yeah, and I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Well, I, I, I need you, Jerry. I need you. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> I'm around, brother. I got to come see you, though, for sure. Hey, please, I, I tell everybody, if anybody ever wants to come to a game, you got tickets, got a place to live, you got this, just come to, just make it to Lubbock, which is the hardest part. I know, it seems like it. <laughs> it, is, it is no, I got, I got a buddy in Phoenix, though, so 
so I could head that way and then just go pop over and see him or something to that oh, effect. That'd man, be good. Please, uh, you got tickets waiting on you. If you yeah, want to come down Thursday through Friday or Thursday through Sunday to see yeah. us how we train. If you want to bring anybody and everybody, like place to live, I'll get you some gear, whatever. Love it, um, man. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get we'll get things rocking and rolling. But I tell everybody, please come. But all, like I said, the hardest thing is to get here because you can take probably like three connections to get. Here. Is it that man? That's yeah, crazy. It's uh, that's funny. It, it is a wild deal. Wild there. ride so, getting there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you could probably just put the the plane in the back of the yard. And there need you it. go. That's how small <laughs> it is around here. There you go. Good <laughs> stuff. All right, brother. Well, enjoy your grass cutting. Enjoy your three workouts for the day. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, we'll do this again, and and uh, man, I look forward to hearing your next adventure, dude. Yeah, man. I appreciate it, Jerry, man. I appreciate having on. Keep doing big things up there, and uh, if you ever need anything, let me know. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. I know you're there. All right, brother. All right, B. Talk later, dude. All right, bye. See you.